the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salswell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we have a special guest and another one of our directors, in fact, one of our forming directors with the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association, that's Dr. Daniel Harris. Dr. Harris has an associate's degree from Sarita College, Saritas, excuse me, in mathematics, also a bachelor's degree in physics from Cal State University. He was one of only uh, two people in 20 years who got that degree in honors. He also has a Ph.D. in astronomy from the University of Arizona. He took an extended period of time to get that, and we'll let him tell a little bit of those stories. Welcome, Dr. Harris, today. Thank you. It's very good to be here. One of the things you were telling us in the uh, production program was that it took you a while to get that Ph.D. because you had to make a living at the same time that you were trying to get a degree. Yes, I did. I did quite a variety of things. (laughs) I was a substitute teacher. I was an observer. Uh, I was the smog photographer of Tucson for for a year. Smog, uh, smog, smog, photographer. Yeah. smog photographer. Smog photographer. I uh-huh. got up. I got up at the crack of dawn and went to the top of a nearby hill and took a panorama of the of of what was going on in the, the smog in in uh, in Tucson. Did they have a large amount of smog? Not really, but they had a goodly bit of stuff coming in from the mountains, uh, from the copper smelter on the other side of the, mm-hmm. of the mountains. Now, from what I've heard, both Phoenix and El Paso do have smog problems. Now they do. They yeah. did not when I was there. Okay. I moved there. One of the reasons I was so happy to live in Tucson was because it was a very clean air environment And when I moved there in 1966. Now, you had a lot of interesting things happen to you along the way to oh, yes. becoming a creation astronomer. We probably can't cover them all today. But one interesting thing you told me was initially you thought you wanted to be a physicist and, and make A-bombs. Oh, yes. I read Einstein at an early age, and uh, there were lots of bomb tests going off in the Pacific. And, and I thought, gee, that would be neat to be building nuclear bombs. And then, then I had a um, night vision in which a nuclear bomb went off right outside my window, and it scared me witless. And as a result, I said, okay, I will do anything in physics that is uh, not going to cause... And so I thought, well, astronomy is a good place because I can use physics and astronomy. So you got scared straight. I got scared straight. You got scared straight. How well accepted have you been in the field of astronomy as a believer, as a creationist? Well, even the creationists don't like me because I'm too radical for them. Ah. Most of my 
belief system is based upon scripture in ways that they don't understand. For example, I read in the scripture, says right in the book in, in Genesis, that the uh, Tower of Babel was made out of brick and mortar. And that told me that it had to be at a time when the ground was not shaking. Well, that told me that the continents could not have split at the time of the flood, but had to have split after the time of the Tower of Babel. Which is contrary to the consensus among most creationists. Uh, yeah. Yes, most creationists are uh, holding the opinion that the continents split and there was catastrophic plate tectonic movement during the time of the flood. But the, the scripture was very clear to me, and so I'm, I have formulated a model in which the, uh, the, the continents split after. And so even the creationist scientists are appalled at most of what I say. For example, in 1972 I developed a physics in which the speed of light was variable which allowed me to understand the, the Big Bang without a Big Bang without there being actually a, an expansion of the universe as is modeled by many creationists these days. Russell Humphrey's main advocate of this idea that is based upon Einsteinian relativity. Well, with the speed of light being variable, as I formulated in 1972, we do not need a relativity formulation as Humphreys and others have have postulated. We can do it without that, and therefore I have a model of the the origin of the universe, which does not have a Big Bang or what is presently expanding universe. So as far as contemporary astronomy would be concerned, you've done the ultimate sin. I have done the ultimate sin in terms of conventional astronomy by by denying the Big Bang, replacing the Big Bang with an alternative understanding. It's even an ultimate heresy in terms of the creationist scientists because they have their own alternative to to the Big Bang. Right. You did so many things while you were hanging around the University of Arizona. And uh, <laughs> yes. one of the interesting things that always comes out of astronomy is people say, well, astronomy has shown that the Bible's completely wrong with this 6, 10, 12,000 year time frame, that the universe is multiple billions of years old. Well, you got a, an interesting insight to that in, in that you got to take a look at the Apollo 11 moon rock data. You've made a comment about that data, that it was very bad data. Why would you say such a thing? They measured the the moon rocks, and in the first year when the data was coming out, they had ages ranging from just a few billion years all the way up to over 14 billion years. It was such a wide-ranging set of data that there was no way of knowing how old the, the moon was except by people doing evolutionary positing, you know, their speculations. They, there was no way that these actual measurements of the moon rocks were going to give us a real age of the moon. And so the fact that their ages were uh, so dramatically variable, age was significantly different from the others, meant that there was initially no consensus about the age of the moon at all. Yeah, actually the data was just about scatterplot. It was, yeah. it was all over the place. It was all now, over the at place. At that time, by committee, they came up with an yes. age of the moon of about 3 billion years. That was later updated yes. to 4 billion to conform better to evolutionary theories. Yes. But again, you're saying the data in no way supported those the, numbers. The original measure, the actual measurements, when they were done before anybody else knew what anybody else was going to publish, 
before the prejudices and the committees and all that kind of stuff could put, could be operational. It was a scatter plot. Yes, there was a, a slight concentration of date around three to four billion years, but it ranged all the way. I think the shortest age was about a half a billion years, and the longest age was fourteen point seven billion years. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a scatter. A plot. ridiculous range. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our guest today, Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Today we're talking about the background of Dr. Harris, one of our original SABSA board members. What do you see in astronomy today that is in concert with the Bible? Well, there's a lot of things that we know from the Bible that are in agreement with that the, the Earth is in space. It's a sphere. It rotates. All these kinds of things are in Scripture. The idea that the heavens were spread out at the beginning of creation is in Isaiah numerous places, and that's something that Mr. Lane here would would say is consistent with the expansion of the universe. I disagree, but I know that, that the Lord says he unrolled the heavens like a scroll at the beginning of time. But whichever way we put it, what we're observing in astronomy is consistent with what the Bible says. Many things that we observe. We have uh, observations of comets, which is one of my favorite things, that the comets there's no way that the, that the comets that we observe can be more than about 10,000 years old and, and so the astronomers have posited the existence, speculated about there being a cloud of comets way way beyond the edge of the solar system called the Oort cloud, but nobody's ever seen any Oort cloud comets. The Oort cloud comet would come in with a different velocity than the comets that we observe, and nobody's ever seen a comet come in with a velocity that's typical of what it would have if it came in now that's the Oort cloud. An, that's an interesting point, because usually when you hear creationists talk about short-period comets and the fact yes. that they could not exist for more than 10,000 years and that gives us some of dating for the solar system yes, itself. Yes, they never talk about the velocity at which those comets are coming yes, in. Yes, indeed. If the universe is filled with planets with, with comets, planetary systems with comets, as the astronomers were speculating when I was a graduate student, they said, well, there's got to be lots and lots of solar systems out there, and they've all got to have comets, and the comets are therefore going to be flying around between the stars in in abundance, and some of those comets should be entering into our solar system. Well, nobody has ever observed a, what, what's called a hypervelocity comet, a comet that's coming in with a velocity typical of what you would expect for arriving from interstellar space. That's never been observed. Now, just for, uh, for the education of our listening audience, when you talk about a comet falling out of the Oort cloud or coming out of the Oort cloud, yes, sir. the Oort cloud is a theoretical area outside of the solar system yes. in which they theorize that there are a whole lot of comet-like icy bodies yes. just floating around out there. But this has never been observed. Never been observed. It was speculated about because it's part of their model of the formation of the solar system. It's my understanding that the Big Bang Theory is premised on the idea that you can look at the universe as it is now, and according to the consensus now, it's expanding, and you can work backwards, and if you 
keep working backwards long enough, eventually the, the whole entire universe is in a single point of infinite mass and infinite density. And so my question is, how safe of an assumption is that, that you can just keep working backwards? Well, um, obviously the scripture is at odds with this. Making an observation now and working backwards about the so-called expansion of the universe is contingent upon the idea that the movement of the galaxies that we are presently observing is real that it is not a consequence of some artifact of the speed of light changing over time, which I say it is. If the speed of light is changing over time, then it will make things look like they are receding from us, even though they are not. One of the things that, that a, a famous astronomer by the name of Halton Arp did was he, he demonstrated that the so-called redshifts, the measures of, of the movement of the galaxies, that they are quantized. That means that they are in leaps. They're not a smooth distribution. And that the, the, the quantization of the redshifts is a strong indicator. They are not something that is a consequence of actual movement, but are a consequence of what's going on inside the nucleus of the galaxies. Dr. Harris, we thank you for this first of what we anticipate to be three programs with this very interesting discussion in the looking into the universe. Thank you. Information for creation events around Bear County can always be found on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org, that is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org, or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. You can also call 210-599-7240 to request having the newsletter emailed to you. Our website also has a link for contact information and on which you can order our newsletter. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That's whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That's Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. now at Grady's Restaurant at the corner of San Pedro and Jackson Keller. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of hundreds of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.